Well, good morning. Glad we had some laughs this morning. <laughs> Wasn't that great? <laughs> All right. Well, I get to preach this morning, and I'm so uh, blessed to be able to, every time I get to be up here and get to bring the word to you guys. Well, we get to get into the word this morning. Um, and if you would, um, we're going to, um, you can turn to James one twenty two if you want. Uh, but our memory verse comes from James one twenty two, and I'm going to read some of the some of the chapters after um, one twenty uh, after twenty two, uh, basically through twenty seven. I'm just going to read it for us this morning. That way, we get some context around this verse. It says, "Do not merely listen to the wor- word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror." And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Whoever look, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep the tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as friends and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I love the book of James. It talks about um, a lot of what we're going to talk about this morning, about how to live out our faith. And uh, I love James because he is a straightforward guy. Um, He tells it how it is, doesn't he? Uh, He says, uh, when we talk about here, he says, don't just listen to the word, do it, right? It's like every single preacher on Sunday morning that wants to tell him, go out and do it. Right, um, but James is saying this, and we get to, we get to memorize this passage uh, today. And really, this this is really hit uh, home to me, uh, especially because um, a lot of the times uh, I find myself, you know, I um, I'm in the Word and I'm reading Scripture, or I I have a lot of uh, different preachers that I like to listen to, and things like that. Aaron be the being the first and foremost, of course, and. Uh, uh, yes, of course. And um, um, but if, if I'm not doing anything, if I'm not acting on what I, I listen to, then what's the point, right? You could read through this Bible, you could read through it 20 times in a year, but if you do nothing about it, what is the point? And that's what James is telling us today. All right, so we're going to go through this memory verse. We're just going to say it together, uh, if you would. Let's do it now. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.22. Very good. Awesome. You guys did awesome. Um, we are going to uh, get into the word this morning. And uh, I want you guys, if you would, to turn to Acts 29. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to grab a Bible in the back uh, by the soundboard. Um, and if you don't have a Bible at all, feel free to grab one and to keep one today. Um, and while you're turning there, um, uh, well, I'll just give you a moment to turn there. And uh, if you're already there, or if you're not easily fooled, <laughs> there's only 28 chapters in Acts. I know, I know. You're like, you didn't. You didn't just do that. I did. Um, but I want you to turn to Acts 28 because uh, we are going to be continuing off of Acts 28 today. And I actually have titled my sermon today Acts 29, even though there's actually not 
any translation that you use of the Bible. I'm going to title it Acts 29 because uh, if you've ever heard that term, it's really about, um, it really just means how uh, the church now, uh, how the church after Acts um, can build uh, our God's, our Lord's kingdom, and uh, how we can finish and continue the work of Christ. And so uh, even though I had you turn to Acts 29, do not fear, we're still going to go after Acts 28. And so keep your Bibles open to that. Um, and uh, also through this message, I'm going to be touching on different scriptures, and you feel free to, to uh, jot over to each of the, the references that I, that I make. I'm going to be going through them a little fast, so uh, you might get there like halfway through. I'm sorry, but that's just how I set it up. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to go through what it means to be an Acts 29 church, what it means to continue God's kingdom. Have you ever really been into a show, like really been into a TV show? Um, I've been in, uh, Margo and I, my wife and I, um, really like a couple TV shows, and uh, I don't know if you ever, if this ever happened to you, but um, have you ever gotten to, like, the end of a season that, of a show that you're really into, and then the screen turns black, and, like, these three, three heart-wrenching words come on the screen? You guys know what those would be? What is to be continued. <laughs> and you're like, no. Why? Why, right? Um, that's the worst. You know, I take it, I kind of take it back. Uh, the worst really is if you watch, like, three seasons of a show, and then you get to the very end, and they kill off the main character, and then you find out that the show is canceled. Yeah, that's the worst. Uh, uh, Margo and I had that happen like, we had that happen like twice. And it wasn't just twice, it was like twice in a row. So we watched one show and that happened, and we watched another show and that happened, and we just decided not to watch TV anymore <laughs> after that because it was, we were just so frustrated. Um, but no, there's three little frustrating words, to be continued. Uh, they, you know, they're frustrating in the moment, but when you really step back, you see that those three Frustrating words actually bring about anticipation for what's to come. They bring about a hope for more, a realization that it's not the end, right? There's going to be another show, or there's going to be another season. Um, well, through the past year, we've been studying through this book of Acts, and we've been going through it in three different parts. We went, uh, we went through it, um, so we've, in the past year, we've covered the whole book of Acts, but it's, it's taken us a while. Um, and this last little section with apostles and the early church. And then as we've gone through Paul's journey, we've realized, we found out that God's kingdom overcomes all circumstances. That through weakness and incarceration and, and every shipwreck, Paul recognized that God's kingdom overcomes. We learned Paul finally got to Rome after what? 24 years. He got to Rome. And yeah, he was in chains. Uh, and uh, even through those tough circumstances, God brought him to Rome. He, he trusted God, and God fulfilled his promise in order that Paul could spread the word of God and the gospel through Rome and to the world. You see, God was at work in all of Paul's circumstances. And at the end of Acts, we read between the lines, if we read between those lines in, in Acts 28, if you um, open your Bible. You don't see a to be continued there, but there is definitely a big to be continued in Acts 28. And not only is there a, a big to be continued, 
um, we see that as Christians and as the church that we are to be the continued. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. That's what this message is all about, that we are to be the continued, that we are to continue the work of building God's kingdom. So let's jump right into it. Um, there's three ways um, that we need to realize, things that we need to realize in order to be the continued. The first, uh, first we see, in order to be the continued, uh, we must have watched the movie. And you're like, what in the world does that mean? Um, well, we must have watched the movie. We, just, we, we must be in the Word. We must be in the Scripture. And we must listen to what God um, has done. I said here, we must know what the work is that we are continuing. We must know what examples of this are like, you know, reading scripture, memorizing scripture, like coming here to church and hearing what God has for you. You know, how can we do something without first knowing what we should do and then why and how we should do it? Um, I'm from Indiana, so I, I was thinking analogies and I came up with this one. Um, it's like, if you've ever seen the Indy 500, it's like going to the Indy 500 and uh, getting the suit on, jumping in the Indy 500 car, because someone, for some reason, lets you do that, and um, it's uh, like joining the race, um, it's like racing the car without having any, uh, most likely get somewhere, you're probably not going to get to the finish line, and you're probably going to crash along the way, right? That's why we need to know what, why, and how. And these questions um, are answered, I think, in Romans 5, 6 through 11. It says this, uh, Paul says this, he says, You see, at the right time, just the right time, when we were still powerless, Jesus died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? <coughs> for if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. <coughs> Sorry, dry throat. So, to answer those questions, what should we do? Well, it says in that scripture that we are to boast in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've been re received re reconciliation, Right? In other words, we're to go out and tell others about Jesus and what he's done for us. And why should we boast? Well, it's because of what Jesus has done for us, right? Because even though we messed up, sinned, and separated ourselves from God and became his enemies, he brought us back to himself. <clears throat> he's justified us just as if I'd never sinned. He has saved us from God's wrath through his son Jesus. And then how are we to boast? Acts tells us this in the first chapter of Acts, verse 8. 
I'm sorry, man. My voice is <coughs> fantastic this morning. That's what happens when you sing and try to talk. Um, it says this, but you will receive power <coughs> when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. This literally happened to me last night as I was going through my sermon. All right. (coughs) So, in order to see uh, that Jesus sent us out, in order to know the the what and the why and the how, we must have watched the show, right? right? Secondly, we see that in order to be the continued, in order to continue the work, the work, we must reserve a seat. What does that mean? Well, in other words, we can't build God's kingdom alone. We can't do it alone. We need people by our sides. We need people sitting in the seats by us. We need people standing in their faith beside us. When we look at the life of Paul in Acts, we notice that Paul didn't do it alone. Right? He had people around him in a church supporting him. Oh, thank you. <coughs> I love my wife. <coughs> Give me a second. Don't mind the noises. <laughs> he had people around him in his church supporting him. And that means that in order for us to do the work of God, what God is asking us to do, we must be in church. Right? We must be doing our faith with those around us. We have a mission statement here at the Christian Church of Estes Park, and I did not say it this morning because I knew I was going to say it in the sermon. Does anyone know what that statement is? Be disciples that build disciples. Good. In order to continue the work, that is what we're called to do. We're we're called to find a church that, that helps us to be disciples, that helps us to become more like Christ, that helps us to build disciples, that helps us to help others become more like Christ. When we surround ourselves with a church family and around fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, when the storms come, the shipwrecks happen, we don't have to be shaken. Right? Just like Paul had Timothy and other fellow believers, we have our local church, and those who come here are our family. You know, I, I think about when Margo and I came to Estes Park, how different it would be if we came to Estes Park not having a church family. If there was no one to surround us and to love on us. And uh, I thank uh, God for you guys for it's so encouraging to be there with people who are doing life with you. And that's what Paul had. You know, we get to lift each other up when we're feeling um, depressed and down in the pits. And, and we get to encourage each other on our Christian walk and help each other show others who Christ is. That's what Christ's family is all about. Paul writes about this. He writes in Galatians 6, 2. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in the same way you will fulfill the law of Christ. He also writes in Ephesians 4, 2 through 6. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit 
through the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all. And then we read in Romans 12, 3 through 13, which is talking about how we've read this before. It talks about how we're all part of the same body. We're all part of Christ's body. It says this, for, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has dist- distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to each other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If it's Giving, then give generously. And if it's to leave, do it, lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor, honor one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need, and practice hospitality. See, as we see in Romans 12, there is no room for continuing the work of Christ alone. Right? Paul talks about how we are all one part, we are all part of of one body, of Christ's body, and how can one single person do the work of the body? How can one, um, one piece of your body do the work of the entire body? Well, it's not possible. It doesn't make sense. We've seen it, uh, the staff has seen it many times here at Christian Church of Estes Park, at least I've seen it, shouldn't speak for the staff, but you know, when people get connected um, in serving, when they get connected, uh, when they start serving, they, they start to get connected with Christ's body, and when they start to get connected with Christ's body, and Christ transforms them. And when Christ transforms them, he uses them to transform others, transform the church, and transform the community. And that's just one person. Just think if every single one of us in this church, in the churches around this valley, chose to be a part of God's kingdom in serving um, his kingdom. Seen it the opposite way. I mean, there's people that come to church, right, and they just kind of sit they just kind of sit and leave and sit and leave and sit and leave. And there's not really any commitment, any service, not really any transformation or evangelism. And really, eventually, they end up leaving because they're, they don't feel connected to, to Christ's body. And when we don't serve alongside each other, we begin to become stagnant and lukewarm, like, like God says in Revelation. He says, I will spit you out of my mouth because you are lukewarm. We must reserve the seats, and in order to continue the work, we must do life with each other and support each other and love each other and encourage each other. And thirdly, 
Thirdly, in order to be continued, be the continued, we must get into the movie. And you're like, Zach, what is up with all the movie <laughs> references? Um, in other words, we must be all in many movies. Specifically, I don't know how many of you watch Marvel movies. But um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is like uh, my thing. So they, Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you don't know what that is, I may have just lost half of you by using that term. Um, but it's a series of movies. The past 10 years, they've made um, uh, 23 movies, which I've seen all of them. And um, <laughs> not ashamed. And um, they, uh, yeah, they made all these movies in the last 10 years. And, and it, some of you may not know that term, but you probably know the movies like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and the Avengers and all this stuff. And they're pretty big movies. I mean, the last movie, Avengers Endgame, ended up um, grossing, uh, ended up being the biggest movie ever in the world, ever. Um, grossed more money than any single movie ever has before. And so it's a pretty big deal. I'm a little passionate about it. But anyway, um, now the whole reason for me bringing up the MC, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is just the fact that as Christians, we need to be tuned in. We need to be all in to God's universe. We need to get into his universe. And what I mean by that is, is we need to get in. I mean, we need to actually be a part of it. And I can't sit in a movie theater and actually get into the movie. I mean, I can get into the movie, but I can't actually like be a part of the movie. That would be weird, right? But I can get into God's movie. I can get into God's universe. And um, sometimes, well, all the time, really, um, we look at our lives, we look at the movie, which is our lives, and we, we um, realize, uh, we look around, and we only see, we don't see the whole picture, right? We see the movie that we are in, or maybe a little, little segment of that movie, which is our lives. And we look all around us, and all of our friends are, like, turning to dust, right? That analogy makes no sense if you haven't seen the movies. But... All of our friends are, um, bad things are happening to them. Bad things are happening in our lives. Uh, we don't see God in our circumstances. We don't see God in the valley. We don't see God, um, we don't see God in um, the bad things that are happening to us in our hardships. But we have to remember that we are not the director of our movie. That God is the director. And he's not only watched your movie, he made it. And, then he knows, and this is what he has to say about it in Isaiah 55, 8 through 12, which is one of my favorite verses. I didn't tell first service this, but I wrote a song about it. It is my favorite. Um, God says this. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be held 
and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the fields will clap their hands. I love this verse because it's so humbling every time I read it. God is talking here. He starts by saying, who do you think you are, right? How, how could you think that your thoughts are my thoughts? How could you think that you're God? But then he goes on to say, he says, but I have purpose for you. I have sent you out. Go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains will burst and the hills will burst, burst in the song. The trees of the field will clap their hands. You have purpose and you have power. And Paul recognized this. He realized that God's way is so much higher than his. And that even in the midst of the storm and the shipwreck, and even in the midst of the imprisonment and chains, God is faithful and he is good. I don't know if you've ever, if you've figured this out yet, but, but Paul's journey was a one-way trip. I always do that. Nope, nope, way too far forward. There we go. God's journey was a one-way trip. Or Paul's journey was a one-way trip. He knew uh, God was going to get him to Rome and trusted him to do it, even if Rome was the last place he ever saw. He never looked back or turned back. And you see, um, really, to continue the work, to continue that work that Paul, that, that Paul was doing to build a kingdom, we have to be all in. We must, like Paul, declare that the Lord is worth it, that he's worth giving up my comfort. And he's worth giving up my stuff. He's worth sacrificing my friendships. And he's worth putting aside my life to serve him. And when we put him first, when we show him that he is worth it, he will say to us, just like he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And as humans, we like to take that verse a little out of context and say, if I believe in God, if I trust in God, then he's going to give me everything I want. This life is never going to be hard. But that's not what God is saying. You know, even when, um, when we are all in, we realize that, that, that even though this life throws things at us and the devil tries to get us down, he can't harm us, that we have a future and a hope in Jesus Christ that uh, this life might not be so hopeful, and it wasn't, uh, the f- Paul himself did not really have much of a future. Um, we see that, that um, um, historians believe that, that Paul was beheaded in Rome. He was martyred for his faith by Emperor Nero. But even though Paul didn't have a future on this earth, he, had a, he knew that he had a future in heaven, and God was worth it all. You know, we're going to sing about how our God is worth it uh, before we leave today, how he is worthy. And uh, I looked up the definition of worthy because sometimes I need to, you know, look things up. Um, it says, the definition of worthy is having or showing the, equal- the qualities or abilities that merit recognition in a specific, in, in, a, in a specified way. 
So my question to you is, does God merit our recognition? Is he worthy and is he worth putting first in our lives? That's for you to answer. I believe the Bible says he is. Just one verse that all of us know, pretty much John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world. Um, I'm going 17, but anyway, not to get into the world, but to save the world through him. Just that fact, just that he sent his son for us. So, as we wrap up, what did we talk about today? Well, we talked about the importance of continuing to work in building Christ's kingdom. We talked about as Christians, uh, we've been in, um, called to continue the work, to be the continued um, of uh, the end of that Acts um, chapter, that we are the next chapter as the body of Christ. Well, um, how do we continue the work of the apostles? We went through a few things today. Missed that scripture. <laughs> First, we must have watched the movie. What's that mean? Well, we must be in scripture. We must know what the work is before we do it. Secondly, we must reserve a seat. We can't do it alone. We have to have people beside us, um, standing beside us in faith to build the kingdom. Thirdly, we must get into the movie. Literally get into the movie. Get, in the, get into, um, be a part of our, uh, the, what God has called us to do. And uh, just like Paul, uh, we know that our journey, a trip is a one-way trip, and that we need to be all in. And that journey leads to somewhere pretty fantastic. And our job on this earth is to bring as many people there as we possibly can, right? To build God's kingdom here. So, some next steps that we can take this week. If you would take out that green connection card um, from your bulletins and flip it around. Because we want to practice our memory verse today and not only hear the word, but actually do what it says. Um, there's a few things that we can um, put into practice this week and commit to. First, I challenge you to memorize James 1.22. We went over it a few times today, but I really challenge you to to put that in somewhere uh, in your pocket, somewhere that you know that you're going to read it today or this week, um, and uh, that you can uh, keep an eye on it and write it on our hearts this week. Secondly, uh, read James 1 this week. Um, like I said, James is all about worshiping God through our works, and that's what we talked about today, continuing the work of Christ. And so if you would like to, you can commit to reading James 1. It's not very long. And third, let's pray for courage this week. You know, building the gospel, building the God's kingdom, sharing the gospel means um, building relationships, Right? And not only building relationships, but sharing the gospel, sharing the good news with those. Um, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes that's not easy. Especially if you have friends, you have people who are God that are very anti uh, anything that has to do with the Bible or, or Scripture or, or the Word or Jesus or anything. And it's hard to, really hard to uh, share what God has, uh, that God loves them and that God cares for them. And so... This week, an uh, awesome thing that we can do is just pray for courage. Pray that God gives us the courage to talk about these things. And then fourth, uh, goes along with it, we uh, must, we need to be the continued. Um, 
And uh, basically what, what this means, if you check that box, what this means today is um, that you're checking this box because you are committing your life um, to become uh, a, a life, you're committing to live a life like Paul's, to continue the work of Christ into building his kingdom. And maybe that means this week, maybe it means finding a ministry. Maybe it means going out in that fireside room that we have right there, the little kiosk right there, finding the card um, that we have set up in our church that you can serve in a ministry. Um, because remember, when we get connected, when we get into serving, we get connected into Christ's body, Christ transforms us into his likeness because we're part of his body. And um, in turn helps us transform others. And so, uh, we're going to finish up in prayer this morning, um, and after that, the offering plates will come, and, and we uh, get to this morning just uh, continue to worship God by putting those commitments and our tithes and our offerings in the offering plates this morning. So, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us purpose. We thank you that when we choose to be the continued, when we choose to build your kingdom here, it brings you praise and worship. It shows that we believe you are truly worthy of following. We pray that you would help us to keep the commitments that we check off today. Help us to serve you in a greater capacity than we ever have not out of obligation, but of adoration as of who you are. May you continue to be worshiped through our actions this week as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, amen.